0: and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit zuiigroup.com for more information. The Zui Group team looks forward to welcoming you.
1: Welcome to the Zweigletter letter podcast. Putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The ZweiG Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time.
0: Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of the ZweiG Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you today, as I'm always, and I have a great guest for you today. We originally were trying to get this together a while back, and things just didn't work out. And you know how the best laid plans sometimes just Fall apart, and then you just reorganize them. So we duct tape them back together, and the plans have led us to this date and time when I'm sitting down with Erica Olson, who is the CEO and co-founder of On Strategy. And I'm going to let Erica talk a little bit more about On Strategy and who she is. But we're excited to have her on this Like Letter podcast. You guys, strap in. This is going to be a great episode. Erica, how are you doing?
2: Well, good morning, Randy. Good to be here.
0: Absolutely. So. Listen, I'm excited to to talk about this relationship that Zwag Group has with On Strategy. As I was telling you off air, you know, one of the things that that we have learned over the years is that a lot of design firms sometimes struggle. They do really great work for their clients, but sometimes it struggles when they are their own client and they have to take care of themselves from a strategic planning perspective, from a business planning perspective. And so I'm excited to see you team up and partner with Zweig Group at this juncture. And I would love for you just to kind of share a little bit about who you are and who OnStrategy is and introduce them to our audience in case they're not familiar with you guys.
2: Awesome. Yeah, happy to do so. We are, just by way of reference, as you mentioned, we love our strategic partnership with the Zweig Group. It's been amazing. And our team and the Zweig team and the team and the clients that we collectively serve I know have been... It's just been a great partnership. And we look forward to it continuing to grow. So we can certainly talk more about that. But yeah, so Randy, as you mentioned, we are, I run a a boutique strategic planning consultancy. And I always cringe a little bit when I talk about that, because I always say that strategic planning, when you say those two words together, it makes people fall asleep. But if you talk about strategy, people get really excited. And if you're kind of a, a geek like I am, you talk about planning, and that gets other people excited. But together, it sounds really boring. So, But that's what we do. I have a team of about 25 people that have, over the past 20 years, worked in the capacity of building a strategic roadmaps and growth roadmaps for mid-sized organizations. And we do that through, through our consultants. And then we also have an app that we use and have home-built, purpose-built to help organizations manage their strategic performance. And that's one of the things that we're really passionate about and we're you know we're trying to change the the thinking of the industry in the context of strategic planning as an event and strategic execution is a process and a practice and you know nobody wants to build a plan that sits on the shelf so our practice and what we do for our clients and our clients with SWIG Group is build a plan and then stand up a practice to manage the strategic performance on a monthly and quarterly process sort of against what the plan says and, and then adapt as we go because you know plans change the minute they're printed. So that's <laughs> the that's the quick who we are what we do and and I guess I should say why we do it. You know, we believe that the power of organizations to change the world is one of the key entities that really can make change happen and when leadership teams are aligned and when resources, people and and time, talent and treasure are in concert with that future direction that leadership teams set change can happen and when not things can be a little bit bumpy and unempowered and not satisfying and not healthy so that's our that's our big why
0: yeah and i would add to that to those that list of words chaotic too right because you know sometimes you have the best laid plans and you don't have structure around those plans and then it just you know you almost have organized chaos and you know and I know some people celebrate that but sometimes that's not always a good thing and I definitely don't want my structural engineer that's responsible for building the building that I'm going to have my business in to deal with chaos on a regular basis when they need to be focusing on the task at hand so so it sounds like at the growth of your company and and, and I know your folks are involved they were co-founders with you and and this is almost like a family business that's kind of taken on a life of its own and you guys You're very modest, but you guys have worked with and have cut your teeth in the area of strategic planning with some very, you know, companies that are well-recognized household names like Patagonia and Make-A-Wish and and others. And so you've had, you know, this is not your first rodeo and you guys have had some experience here. I'm curious to know, did when you started your practice, obviously the consultancy probably started first before you created this app that you're talking about. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's true. We created the app pretty quickly into the formation of the business because we realized that when you do planning, you create a lot of data and you need to be able to manage that data. And then, you know, equally so at the time that we, that we started, there weren't a lot of applications out there to manage strategic performance. So, so really specifically sort of the annual and the quarterly expression of your strategy, your KPIs, your goals, your objectives, all that good stuff. And and now, you know there's a much more mature space with that, which is super interesting. But when we started, that didn't really exist. So of course, we started with spreadsheets, which is how many people <laughs> start still so manage their strategy, which is dreadful stuff. It does not allow you to deploy it across an organization no matter what size it is. So at any rate we were, we had spreadsheets, and we said this needs to be an automated application, and we've been working on it ever since and I you know, thanks for saying that we're modest i we had the good fortune. And quite frankly, the honor to be invited in to facilitate and manage conversations with a lot of different executive teams, some of the the names that you mentioned and then you know, we love the companies that we work with that don't have household names because there's more of those than there are right yeah, those recognized yeah. names. so our roster is full of the whole the whole mix, but we're bootstrapped, and we are kind of an interesting animal in the context of co-equal consultancy and application. And that's not your normal, your normal jam. So sometimes we have an identity crisis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You got to love that. So I would imagine given the fact that you guys allow yourselves and have been invited into the rooms of businesses that represent different verticals, right? And so now you guys are in the design industry space, Is there anything specifically that translates across the board through all industries, a thread of a commonality that you do see in every business versus maybe something that is unique to different verticals that you have to account for?
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So we have, as you noted just now, we've made our differentiation or we've carved out our space in Being experts in the practice of strategy and strategic execution, and for mid-sized organizations, so organizations that don't have a strategy office or a strategy team, right? So that's kind of our the point about that size. Plenty of people working in the Fortune 1000s, you know. There's a lot of people that are not, so that's why we focus on that space. And the thread certainly is the always the the demand and the requirement that people know to be good leaders they have to have a direction. And you know, most of the time people come to us and they're like, "Well, I don't know. It's this kind of scratch piece of paper that I have. I'm kind of embarrassed to show it to you, but this is what we're thinking." And you know, I always say it doesn't really matter what it looks like. You know, we're going to work with whatever that happens to be, but the understanding that you cannot lead an organization if you do not have a direction is sort of the the drumbeat. And then also I think There isn't a single client that comes to us that that doesn't say, yeah, but we don't want this plan to sit on a shelf. You know, that's still that old old moniker. And we have an answer to that. There's an answer to that question. The answer to that question requires making organizational change. And so that's kind of a thing that we, you know, we have to work through a little bit in terms of when people really say that, do they really want to, you know, actually go through standing up a practice of monthly and quarterly management? So that's across the board, no matter if it's Patagonia or Make-A-Wish or, you know, Our clients in Saudi Arabia, for example, you know our smaller startup organizations. I think what's interesting with the AEC industry specifically in the work that we've done, and you can tell me if you agree with this, Randy or not. You know, we have we're subject to the the folks that we worked with. Sure. Is the AEC industry is more particularly volatile? So sometimes we have a hard time with those leadership teams moving from being intentional and proactive. From being opportunistic because of the volatility of the industry, and that's a really interesting challenge that we have had to work through in the context of balancing being intentional, but understanding that the industry you've got to be opportunistic in, in this industry, otherwise you know it doesn't make any sense right so I have some other thoughts on that too, but I wonder if that's kind of been your your experience as well
0: I mean yeah, you know the way that you phrased it volatility, I, you know, it, it you're absolutely right. I mean, this industry is the challenge with the design professional in general, right? Engineers, architects across the board is that, you know, you're only as good as the last job that you did, right? I mean, they're not making a widget. They're designing, you know, and I and I I always have this conversation with design professionals. I'm like, listen, you guys, the world is your canvas and you get to create a masterpiece on a regular basis. Every time a client comes to you with a problem and they need for you to solve it. The challenge is the cadence with which those problems come to the design (laughs) professional, right? Do they have enough of those problems to solve? Are they making a difference when they solve those problems? Do clients see the real value in the work that they offer? Or do they just look at them as just another service professional, and I can just go to the next guy or gal down the street and have them do the same thing? And I think that's one of the challenges that design professionals struggle with, from a business perspective and how they run their business so there is some volatility in that right and maybe it's it's a, you can go so far as to say they struggle with a form of business imposter syndrome where you know they're not yeah they may do great work but they they're only as good as the next project that they do and i think that sometimes creates a challenge for growth because you can't look down the road you're constantly looking at what's right in front of you and i, I have to get this job done I can't even think three steps down the road to what the work's going to look like in two or three years. And that's a real issue that I've seen with design professionals in the 20 plus years that I've been involved in this industry.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think what's in my experience what had, has been different in creating when I said, you know, we fundamentally strategic plans paint the picture of the future and the plans build a roadmap to get there, when when you do indeed need to be opportunistic but also be intentional how you build that future state for AEC is a little different, honestly. And, um, you know, your classic way to start the state of the future would be about revenue size or company size or whatever. And, you know, where we eventually move to in my conversations with the clients that I've managed in that space is something very different than that because it wasn't just about the revenue size. In fact, that's kind of a trap a little bit with the, you know, again, the size of with it being so very project-based and how widely that can vary particularly looking off the, looking at the industry that we're sitting in right or the side, but what's happening in the industry right now so that's been super interesting the other thing on the on the execution side that's been interesting is as you mentioned you know it's all project based so you know the the AEC teams are they get project management I mean they're they're pro that's what you know they're pros that's in, that's in their DNA and you know strategic planning is not project management and that's been a really interesting balance to strike with the organizations that we're partnered with, with this wide group is just the differentiation between strategy gets executed through projects, of course, but strategy is not project management. And that's, you know, just working through that philosophical idea has been a little different with AEC clients, for sure.
0: Yeah, no. And, and it is, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard teaching an old dog new tricks, but it is design professionals and design firm leaders have to be able to embrace that discomfort with not having the same amount of control that they might have over a project over the course of their organization. I think it's just a different, it's just a whole different concept. And you have to be uncomfortable with with some things not quite working out the way you envision, right? You know this more than anybody, the best laid plans sometimes get up uh, turned upside down very quickly. And part of your strategy is the ability to be able to course correct in midstream when you realize that maybe your efforts weren't going weren't going to ultimately benefit you and what the long-term vision is for that organization.
2: That's right. So I do think that what what has been really powerful working with design professionals is that notion of really great strategic execution happens when there's consistency in managing against that practice monthly and quarterly. You know, monthly reviews, quarterly calibrations, annual check ins or retreats. And what's awesome about design professionals is that cadence and that rigor is something that comes naturally, which isn't the case with some of my other leaders. (laughs) And that's really helpful because that like makes it so much easier to actually stand up, you know, strategic management or strategic execution as kind of the way to lead and manage a business, not this kind of other thing that happens once a year when we go play golf.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That that's so true. And you know, I'm wondering if there's anything else that your team has picked up in the time that they've been involved with working with design professionals from a strategic planning process. Are there telltale tells that design professionals have that maybe kind of give you guidance uh, as to how you should direct them or kind of help them through the process?
2: You know, I touched on it a little bit earlier, and it's a little can feel a little bit amorphous. So, you know, I'll try to make it more concrete. But I think a couple of tips and a a couple of suggestions that I would make as it relates to specifically building strategy and strategic plans for this industry is that notion of thinking about how to be intentional with the core elements of building, you know, the future of the organization, be it people, be it process, be it the innovation that's happening in, in your space. Those are all things that you can control and you can be intentional about and you can create some sustainability. And I do mean not green sustainability, but like organizational sustainability. And then I think the trap is the classic, as I mentioned, I think a tip would be to not fall into the trap of the classic way to express where you're going and why, which is just in financial terms, because certainly on the on the profitability side, okay, fine. But on the revenue side, because that actually isn't always, you know really the future state of where this industry or where these organizations are going. I guess and I guess, like to say it another way is growth for growth's sake isn't really the right way to think about putting a roadmap together for AEC businesses because again, it, it can wildly swing project to project, right? And it's more about the business that you're creating that is building from the future and those intentional things that you want to see happen, being on the staffing side, the process side, the tech side, the innovation side, and that feels to be a little bit more useful, important, and quite frankly healthier in the long term. So,
0: yeah, and those I would lo- be my tips. I love that. Those are great tips, and and I would add to it simply that you know one of the things that I have seen is that. Again, a lot of times if we make it exclusively about financial terms and the, you know, our financial growth, we miss out on so many other areas. And one of the biggest warning signs that I've been talking about for quite some time now and and others in the industry I've heard talk about is this concern with the loss of knowledge that is, is retiring on a daily basis. Right. And so to me, like part of your strategy needs to be, how do we transfer the knowledge that we have under this roof to the next generation? right? And that is a major issue. That has nothing to do with finances and it has everything to do with having a a system set up where you can take in that knowledge and have a conduit through which you can transfer that knowledge to the next generation of, of team members and leaders in your organization so that you can continue to remain relevant and the company can still grow. Because if you don't have the people to do the work, Or if you don't have the people with the requisite skill set and experience to do the work, then at some point in time you render yourself unable to serve the needs of your client down the road. And everybody that's working, especially those that have, especially us—I have to include myself in that—but us Gen Xers, a lot of us still have a lot, a lot of tape left in the uh, thing, if you will, and we're gonna, we're gonna be there for a while. But at the same time, we have to be thinking: How do we make sure that? Gen X, and and especially those from the boomer generation that are still in the workforce, how are they transferring that knowledge back to the generations behind them that are going to be leading the charge from a strategic and from a, a growth and leadership perspective in those organizations? How are they doing that? And are they systematic in that approach? And I don't think that a lot of firms are. And I only say that it is so much more about just financial matters. There are so many other things to consider. And to me, that would be a part of a company strategy how do we transfer knowledge so that yeah we're the we're the best thing smoking when it comes to landscape architecture in the retail or hospitality space but yeah the people that are doing this have been doing it for a long time and they've got to make sure that they transfer that information and uh know-how to this next group of people coming up so that they can serve our clients at the state of excellence that we're doing now 15 years from now
2: that's right i mean i think That's such an important topic. And in the clients that I've worked with over the years in the AEC industry, that's been always an ever present, ever present topic. And, you know, it's such a big subject that it feels unanswerable. And I think I would just, I think the challenge that we all have to ensure that our organizations are around in the next 15 or 20 years is to stare at that clear-eyed and figure out what our strategic approach to that is. Are we going to grow our own? Are we going to? you know, start up a university program? How much are we going to really invest? How big of a problem is this for us? And are we really going to invest in it really, truly, seriously? And what happens if we don't? And you know, Randy, that just makes me think for a second too. You know, sometimes we think we have to do this like like full organizational strategy in order to call it a strategic plan. But you know, maybe your bite-sized approach is just to take a big strategic issue and figure out what the roadmap is to solve that. And the labor piece is, is an example of, of that. Um, yeah. So yeah so critical to the future
0: so it is and to me like the, the, and and it, this is just one area but this ties into another piece that is so important i think to young design professionals which is relevance in the work that they do right and you have to be able to esteem these in, these young people in a way that that helps them to develop their full capabilities and full talents and you cannot do that Without that transfer of knowledge, you can't do that without creating opportunities for them to really grow, to make some missteps and to continue to grow from there. And uh, it's, you know, it, it is a lot of times uh, the older folks tend to forget the path that they wrought to get to where they are. And and that was riddled with mistakes and challenges and ups and downs and highs and lows. And so I think we need to be more patient about the process of getting this next generation not just patient, but also determined about how we make it happen, and I I see strategic planning as a major part of that. I mean, you can't just randomly do it. It just you can't just hope for the best and take somebody out to lunch every now and then, and just you know you're expecting that things are going to work out.
2: That's right. I think that's really true, and I think the other thing that you know the younger generation, the, the younger generation, our workforce expects is expects to be connected with the bigger why and the bigger yeah you know my big word impact the bigger the bigger thing that we're trying to get done as part of the team that we're, you know, have decided to sign up to be part of. And it's impossible to make that connection if you don't have something that looks like a strategic plan. Even one page of something, right, right, (laughs) uh, does the trick. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. So, uh, you know, I I, want to get back to this tool that you guys have created and that has been such a major part of your business. What has been the feedback that you typically get from clients when they've been able to utilize that tool to their advantage, right? Because I mean, it's like with anything, right? I have a bunch of stuff on this iPhone here. Some stuff I use ad nauseum and other things I probably should be using, I don't use enough. How do you guys deal with that? And what is the feedback that you've received from clients that have, let's say, properly used the equipment and have seen the benefits of it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, apps are ubiquitous, yes. as you mentioned, right? <laughs> and um, we're only as good as the next app that gets built. And and there's a lot of overlap. There's more tools than anybody needs, of course. So we actually kind of flip it on its head just a little bit. And you've heard me say this a couple of times. But, you know, our focus is it about helping organizations manage a monthly and quarterly strategic execution cycle. And the tool enables that process. So the tool in and of itself is, you know, you could use a whiteboard if you wanted to or spreadsheets, like I said before, but we purpose-built our application specifically to enable the notion of long-term strategic direction, you know, broken down into annual goals and quarterly initiatives and KPIs, and then specifically deploying that out to the organization, whomever is part of that execution. And then pulling all that data together on a monthly and quarterly basis to review our performance and adapt the strategy accordingly. And so our tool sometimes, you know, gets, let's see, displaced by project management applications because, and this has happened with some AEC clients, because we want it to be a project management application, but it's not a project management application. It's about managing the the strategic direction of an organization of which there are some projects built in it, right? Right. And so we stop at, we, you know, we don't want to be a project management application. We think you should manage your projects in the great tools that are project management applications, but we specifically, our clients are the most happy when the process is committed to and consistent and the app automates what is required to run that process. And then that's like a home run for us okay. and our clients.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that definitely makes sense. So, so how, I mean. For your organization as a whole and what you see from a strategic planning standpoint out there in the business realm, how bullish are you on the future of more firms identifying the need to do strategic planning and to really like take it seriously? Right. Don't just, it's not a checkbox, right? Cause you get some people I'm sure that interact with you. They're just like, we just want to check off this box so that we can say, yes, we've done a strategic plan. So if somebody comes to buy us a year or two down the road, we can show them, hey, we've done this versus those that are like, no, we really know that we need to do this. How, how bullish are you for the future of leaders in general, not just the design firm, but in business that see the importance of going this route to really grow their organizations for the long term?
2: Yeah, I think we're in a really interesting spot right now. You know, the, the management tools kind of go in and out of favor, right? So strategic planning is a management tool. And the current, you know, star of the show is OKRs, objectives and key results, which has been popularized from the book that um, I forget the gentleman's name, but anyways worked at Intel, measure what matters, and so everybody's all all excited about that that acronym right now, which also sounds like MBOs and you know all the stuff <laughs> right, that we've all lived right, through, right? Right, right? So this is just sort of another, but because it came out of Google and Intel. You know, it's considered a, a management practice that is for high growth organizations. Okay, fine. So that's super popular right now. And I'm sure everybody's kind of talking about that or hearing about it, or if you have it, you will be. And so, what I think is interesting about that is that is kind of a piece of strategic planning. And I think it's important to kind of comment on the fact that sometimes OKRs masquerade as strategy, and we need to be a little bit careful about that. It is absolutely a great way to deploy strategy. And strategy execution through objectives and key results, we do that. That's what we do. So we think that's great. It's important to have like the direction set so that the OKRs are aligned to something, so you don't create OKR puddles. But the reason that I think OKRs are really popular right now, particularly because of the pandemic, is because it helps organizations ensure that people are getting things done working remotely. Yeah. So I think we're kind of in this <laughs> this like this uh, sweet spot of. This tool kind of getting or that the OKR is getting a little popularized and we have the pandemic. And so now everybody is talking about OKRs and we're kind of like reverse engineering those up to strategic planning. So it's getting a bit more attention. So it was a really long winded way to say my counsel to everybody that's listening is OKRs are an awesome way to deploy strategy. Just make sure that you have a strategy to deploy first.
0: Yeah, yeah. And go from there, right? It's almost like that's like uh, OKRs are like Linus's blanket, right? You know, they just provide a little, a level of comfort, but they don't provide everything. So that's right. Uh, yeah. So I like that. That's good. Well, that's exciting. Well, I really, I'm excited to see this partnership between On Strategy and ZY Group. Is there anything else that you can tease to us about what you guys are hoping to accomplish with ZY Group and the design industry as a whole? with regard to um, your services and specifically the application?
2: You know, Phil came to us, which was so great, right? And he saw the need that he had with his clients to say, hey, we're managing this in spreadsheets. Let's bump it up, right? Let's yeah. bump up the automation. Let's put some tech to it. Let's make sure that we're focusing on the conversation. We're not focusing on, you know, like the like managing the administrative side of, of strategic execution. And with that, because... Phil and the team have such a great practice of strategic planning built with SWIDE clients. We're really excited. And I know Phil's really excited to automate or deploy our app to enable that the practice that you all already have built. And so that's super powerful. So we are simpatico in that we have exactly the same process. We have the same approach in terms of lightweight, effective, meaningful, and values aligned as well, so we're yeah. So I mean, I think all of us are just super excited to to help more SWI clients get even more lift from the strategic planning work that Phil's team is already doing. And I think that's I think that's where we're going in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. man, that that is perfect. Yeah, and, and Phil Kyle is uh, an advisory a member of the advisory group, a director and a member of the advisory group at SWI Group and. Has been doing strategic planning for some time, and and actually someone that I've worked with very closely. And it wouldn't surprise me that Phil would be the reason for this relationship in the first place, because he understands and gets the importance of strategic planning and making sure that you know his clients um, have every tool at their disposal to be successful. And um, one of those tools and one of those relationships is the one that Zwai Group is building with on strategy and Erica Olson and the rest of her team. So. Erica, I, I mean that's I think we'll that we'll button it up with that. I think that's perfect for this audience and and uh, if people listening to this want to just have either connect with you via email or online I mean the, the website is on strategyhq.com and that's just like it sounds but then if people want to reach out to you what's the best way for them to contact you
2: It's my email address is just Erica erica at onstrahq.com. So, by all means, and then also, um, as you've mentioned, our website has a bunch of free resources, guides, videos, canvases, you some name great it. great stories
0: so, too. So, and yeah. some
2: great stories, <laughs> including uh, an interview with Phil that's coming yes. out here shortly. Cool. So that's cool. really fun as well. Um, so yeah. So sometimes people just need to like get their own bearings and just like self serve, and so yeah. there's a lot there. And then, of course, we're, I'm always available to brainstorm and share and. And help just think through process and opportunity uh, with this work by all yeah, means.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And, and anybody listening to this that is working with Zweig on Strategy Consulting or or planning to know that that you're going to hear more about On Strategy for sure and what Erica and her wonderful team are doing. So, Erica Olson, CEO of On Strategy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Letter Podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with us and share your story with our audience.
2: Randy, thank you so much. And we just look forward to our continued relationship.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. To learn more about one of the oldest newsletters in the design industry, visit ZweigGroup.com. You can read articles online, listen to this podcast and sign up for a free subscription to the newsletter and have it delivered right into your email inbox every Monday morning. Sign up today. For more info about Zweig Group's advisory services or any of Zweig Group's publications, visit ZweigGroup.com. You can subscribe to the Zweig Letter Podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you
1: soon with another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration. In addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.